I wasn't surprised to learn I have a hostile alien universe in my pelvic bowl. The revelation occurred during a visit to Byron Bay, the town in farthest eastern Australia where magical ley lines meet and spiritualism merges with capitalism through a montage of flapping white linen. In a room behind a shop selling crystals and angel cards, the healer sat across from me and gazed at the energy block in my abdomen. He was able to do this discreetly by looking off to one side. I often balk at saying things like this because most people don't react very well. Paul began. But it's an implant. An implant? I repeated, neutrally. Yes, I'm seeing reptilian ETs. Zeta reticulans, he said. They used to rule the Earth and would quite frequently study humans by using implants. The Zetas put implants in your birth to study your reproductive system. I can probably get it out. I nodded. I'm not going to use the spirit guides in this operation. I'm going to use the friendly ETs. Paul reassured me as I removed my shoes and climbed aboard the table. This was my third visit to Paul, because I always felt cosmically relaxed on this table. But I wasn't feeling it as much this time. I was mourning the Paul gone by, the one who told me not to intellectualise spirituality. The one who said he had no interest in studying things like chakras. I don't know what I do for a living. He shrugged. People ask me and I say, I make people cry. Sometimes they fall asleep. I'd considered Paul to be my wild card, the knife edge on which my scepticism swayed. I'd described him to fellow naysayers as being the real deal, in the same way that racists will have their one black mate who's all right. But now I was back on that table, and entirely at odds to the process, due to the inconvenient truth of this alien conversation. I tried visualisation, picturing my individual cells golden, spinning, shimmering and spitting like coke bubbles. I imagined myself opened up flat as a pancake on the table, although Paul later told me the operation was multidimensional. I've never seen an implant as big as that before, he said when he was done, beaming down at me as I lay on the table with my arms behind my head. It was like the TARDIS. There was a whole universe inside. Really? I said, unable to disguise a note of pride. But then there's a whole universe inside every cell. Paul pointed out. The Zeta aliens actually came in at the beginning. It got a bit nasty. They were asked to leave. Could you feel it being removed from your brain? There were strands leading all the way up your spine, meshed into every cell. It's actually a very tricky procedure. Look, I only facilitated it. Paul didn't seem too rattled after facilitating major surgery on the biggest alien implant he'd ever seen. He explained that I'd attracted bad sexual experiences to myself because of the implant. So, I offered hopefully, as I swung my legs off the table. Do you see this as, you know, like a visualisation technique to hypnotise me into freeing myself from some emotional blockage? I paused. Or are you describing things in real terms? In real terms? He said. His eyes shone softly as though he were just giving me a lovely recipe for pumpkin soup.
You're listening to Spirit Levels. It's the podcast that pressure tests the wellness industry. I'm actor filmmaker Frank McGree, and every Tuesday with my partner, journalist Jenny Valentich, we'll immerse ourselves in wellness practices from the pseudo to the sensible, and we'll thrash out the benefits. My body is fly. My body is beautiful. My body is bold. My body is mine. Uh, it brings me back to Bali. Oh, yes, Bali. Now, what was the story you were telling? Yeah, that's something that happened to me years ago, going to see a healer quite a few times. And I wrote about it on a blog that I was doing at the time called New Age Guinea Pig. One woman donates mind, body and spirit to pseudoscience. What a sport. Yeah, still up, actually, if you want to check it out. But it was so weird because I posted that and it, it got probably more comments than any other posts. And it was all from people wanting the contact details of that healer who I just said had given me a bunch of conflicting stories over a few visits from having been shot with arrows in a past life to having had an alien implant put into my reproductive system at birth. But that's besides the point anyway, because what about those stories in the first place? Never mind that they're conflicting. Yeah, but can I ask you why you, as probably the biggest sceptic I know, went to see a healer for a few visits anyway? Tough times, tough times. I remember a history teacher at school, she was teaching us about the Black Death and she was giving us a whole description of all the really weird shit people would do to try and cure themselves of the plague. Like, I don't know, licking bark on a tree and like reciting things. And she just said, if you were dying, if you were desperate, wouldn't you just try and that always stuck with me. Mm. So I get it. No, I get it too. But, and it sounds like you were getting something out of it. I mean, you must have to go back a few times. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird, actually. I did feel, I did feel um, weird sensations. Physically or <laughs> mentally? Well, that's who's to say? It felt like it was physical, but maybe it was mental. Well, the aliens do move around quite a bit, apparently. In <laughs> the wriggly little buggers. The wriggly little buggers. <laughs> um, but, you know, the whole thing, even though I was getting a lot out of it, it was also really rubbing up against my belief system so you know technically speaking I, I believe healing to be bullshit and I, I tried all sorts of healing for that blog I tried Reiki theta healing weird DNA kind of restranding kinesiology I can't believe I never tried light work though where a person plucks at your energy like they're playing a harp do you remember that doco we watched love has won yep about the cult woman who turned blue and her followers kept her body wrapped up in fairy lights yeah. for probably months yeah she turned blue because she was drinking collodial silver every day. That's right. Like water. Um, but yeah, Amy Carson, her name was. And her path into becoming an intergalactic 5D being, although, spoiler, she actually didn't in the end. It all began... Hang on, hang on, hang on. You don't know that. You don't know where she is and where she's gone to. I see, yeah. So just her physical body was left behind. But Of course. Okay, yeah, I get it. Um, but it all started when she developed an interest in New Age philosophy and she became a regular poster on the forums of a light worker's website. What's a light worker? It's someone who's come to Earth to help others. So they are not of this realm, basically. They have healing powers. Sometimes they speak in a different tongue. It does sound a little bit like they're mimicking an indigenous language. <sighs> Hey, 
I've seen different resources saying there's seven different kinds of light workers. Others saying there's eight. Others saying there's eleven. Others saying there's twenty-five. So it seems nobody's quite sure. But we were talking to our mate Bridget the other day, who wrote the book Well Mania, which became the Netflix hit. And it's about her adventures in the wellness industry. So she's quite well versed in all this kind of thing. And she was saying that it's often people who are really religious as kids, who then lost that who get really into spirituality as adults. And I was a very devoted Christian as a kid. And just to be clear, your parents weren't. Like, this is something you went off on your own and did. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just to be difficult. No, it wasn't to be difficult. I did feel very spiritual for a bit. So I'm going to poke that bruise and see if my powerful suspicion of spirituality is actually latent spirituality. Okay. And how are you going to do that? Well, I thought I'd do a light worker course. So I found one on Udemy for 20 bucks and it has a 30 day money back guarantee. This could be a slippery slope, you realise. And now, a brief interlude from our friend Lo Carmen. Do you ever find yourself wondering about death stuff? Did you know that human composting is a thing? Sometimes when I'm having a really rough day, I'm like, I just can't wait to be soil. Just out there (laughs) with the wildflowers. And who knew that you can be made into a record after you're dead? Your voice moving the air in a room is, I think, probably the closest we'll get to time travel. I'm Lo Carmen. I've spent the past couple of years having freewheeling conversations, exploring how we can best prepare for our own end of life the ways we remember and send off our loved ones. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard of, and that's how I want to celebrate my loved one's life. Donating our bodies to science. Do-it-yourself death care. I said, my best friend's just died. We want to do it ourselves. Can you tell me what I need to know? And death tech. Are you trying to, you know, reanimate the dead? Come along for the ride with me as I travel through the valley of death and beyond and explore why death is not the end. Look what I've got, Frank. What have you got? Read it out. Course for light workers. Activate your soul gifts. What is it? What's well, obviously certification. I'm now a light worker. Oh, yeah. congratulations. So honestly, I struggled a bit because I checked and English was this person's first language for the Scottish, but at times it was just total gobbledygook. And I know vagueness does come with the light workers' territory. Have you got any examples of that vagueness? Well, things like, you know, there were downloadable worksheets, but the titles were still the template titles from Canva. You need your uh, Fiverr VA to help you with that. Yeah. But then we get to more detailed stuff about, like, the symbol of macabre in sacred geometry. Which I, is... I know you're familiar with that, but oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. But, yep. but, you know, the detailed stuff was so close to what every other website in the whole universe that has talked about this symbol has used that I have to assume all of these websites have used AI. But look, if you're going to be a good light worker, you can't be judgy. There are videos, and actually the videos were quite good because this person had a, a real good kind of ASMR quality. She had a very kindly tone. She had quite a kindly face. And um, she always starts with, Hi, beautiful souls. And she's got this way of pronouncing words starting with W-H, like, what? 
and which. So the video's got me. She's a professional. Yeah, but basically, you don't have to stay in your lane. You could do Reiki. You could be an animal healer. You could be an angel healer. Um, Hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. Angel healer. You heal angels? No, you call upon the angels. So there are three spheres of angels. Okay. And they live in the seventh dimension. Yeah, well, that, we all know that. Yeah. But connecting with them is actually heaps easier than I thought. I thought it would be quite technical. Literally, you need a bit of pencil and paper. And you might write on a piece of paper, what do you wish to communicate with me at that time? Now, there are other things. I can clear your root chakra, having done this course. Root? Chakra. Chakra. I know what a chakra is, but what's your root chakra? Is that like the core chakra? Ah, yeah. Yeah. Chakra. So... Unfortunately for you, it just involves um, a positive affirmation in the mountain pose. Right. But I didn't mind. There are a few things I actually thought, mm, yeah, okay. So here's something on kind of cleansing. So like if you work in a busy office or share a workspace, it isn't always possible to place crystals everywhere. But there are some subtle things you can do to bring more positive energy in. Before you walk into your office, visualize a beautiful white light surrounding the space and all the people in it. I can dig that. I think that kind of thing where you slow down before you like hurtle into a situation and try and visualize things in a more positive view is good. I agree with that. Visualization up in both sport and when I've done acting, I visualize before I go into it mm. and it feels like you've already done it and so you're comfortable and more relaxed. From time to time, if there's someone kind of difficult in my life, I'll sort of picture them smiling and, and like being really enthusiastic and sort of being a champion of me. Right. And do they consent to this? No, they don't, do they? There is a few dodgy moments. Have you ever heard of concept creep, Frank? Concept creep. Concept creep. creep. No, no, I want to hear about concept creep. <laughs> it's not sexy. It's when a word or a concept gradually becomes bastardised by culture. So, for instance, PTSD and trauma have very much changed from their original meaning. Hmm. And even Bessel van der Kolk, who wrote the book in 2014 about trauma, The Body Keeps the Score, which everyone is now turning into courses without any kind of counselling qualification whatsoever. Even he has said, I was originally working with Vietnam War veterans and child sexual abuse victims. This has been completely used out of his intended context. And in this course, I was told, before you came to this earth plane... Your spirit guides and angels helped you to choose the path you are on. You may have encountered difficulties, traumas and blocks along the way. These traumatic events activated a deep knowing in your heart that you are here for a higher purpose. So basically it's telling people that they've experienced trauma not even in this lifetime or this dimension and that this is completely valid. Well, that could be true. I mean, we're all living in simulations, obviously. So anyway, I've got my certification, so I can put that on my Instagram bio. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll give it a shot. I'll give you a bit of healing later. But if it doesn't work within 30 days, there is a money-back guarantee. Get up, get up, get up, get up. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. I found another technique people are using to help them create good vibes. Oh, yeah. What's up? The orgasm. Now you got my. I thought you'd like that. Now, now you got my attention. Uh, it's where healing manifestation, yeah, and vaginal contractions collide. Oh, I've been waiting for this collision all my life. 
how, how do you make them collide? Okay, well, I found a few experts. I found Brittany Vagenstahl. Vagenstahl? She sounds like just the expert for this. <laughs> Sorry, it's Vagenstahl. Vagen, Vagenstahl. She's the Sydney-based founder of It's Brittany Biatch. <laughs> she certifies women to become 5D light worker practitioners. What's 5D mean? It's the fifth dimension. We live in the... Oh, we live in the other ones. Third? First, second, so third. So I don't know. If we live in the third, though, I'm not sure what the fourth is. Maybe we live in the fourth. She's skipped the fourth. That's her advance. She is. Mm. But she does it all. She guides you to your most abundant psychic and confident self through light work, psychic mediumship, channeling, and deep DNA energy healing. God, she does it all. Uh, she's been fucking studying for decades. Well, you said it took you 25 minutes to do your last course. Yeah, that's true. So she also talks about how she uses sexual energy to bring in abundance and wealth. Going from dabbling in her work. I don't know if that's a euphemism. I'm actually just reading this. <laughs> that, Dab- I was waiting for you to say work. something completely different. She has them dabbling. dabbling Taking it to a six-figure business. Is there any other figure than a six-figure business? If you don't have six-figure business in your Instagram bio, who the fuck are you? Then there's the Embodied Awakening Academy. That was founded by Melbourneian Chantelle Raven. On her site, she says, I am going to visualize more than $100,000 on my everyday account and visualize what my life will be like when this is made manifest as part of my morning practice. I think morning practice is... Oh, you think that's the morning practice? Well, she says, I will regularly fuel this vision with sex magic. And she's got a blog called Guide to Sex Magic. All this time I've been masturbating with no visual intent. Well, all this my... time I've been masturbating to ex-hamster and contributing to the financial exploitation of porn stars. I haven't been doing that. I've been purely using my imagination. But I should have been visualising my bank account. Um, Have you? Because um... once we said, shall we show each other our search histories? And we both decided no. Okay. The one for you, though, yeah, is by Taylor Johnson. He's a sexual mastery coach for men. Yeah. And it's his personal story of how semen retention made him rich. So you're not allowed to ejaculate. In his previous business, through the power of sex transmutation. What's sex transmutation? I actually don't know. So if you want to find that out for the end of the episode... How much, how much does this course cost? But I don't know if retention... It could mean, it could mean keep it in your ball sack, keep it in someone's mouth, keep it in a fucking vault. I think you cancel that. <laughs> <laughs> I think retention doesn't mean in someone's mouth. I think it means you don't ejaculate and you keep all the power well, then and strength. What's the transmutation? That sounds like you're passing on. You're passing the energy on. So you keep all that sexual energy and then you've Have you got done that. this course before? Look, I might have dabbled in courses like dabbled. this. Dabbled. <laughs> <laughs> um, how much does this cost? I just don't have to I want to do that. If it's 26 bucks, I'm doing it. I don't care. Even if it's 56 bucks, I'm going to do it. They didn't write him back to him going, look, I'm so sorry. I just couldn't retain it any longer. What do I do? <laughs> Hi, Jenny. Hello, Frank. Now, you've been honing in on some pretty out there forms of healing. Probably to be a bit provocative, right? Mm. But I've been doing some research of my own, and in a sense, it doesn't matter how outlandish something sounds, as long as you believe in it. And I'm talking about the placebo effect. 
Look, we tend to think of placebo effects in terms of medicine, such as when pharmaceutical trials give some people a placebo and others the actual medication. Now, during World War II, when Dr. Henry Beecher ran out of pain medication, he gave soldiers saline solution and said it was a powerful painkiller, which sometimes seemed to work. What's his name? Dr. Henry Beecher. I can tell you're about to do that Macca's voiceover. Dr. Henry Beecher. Get down to Macca's and get your double beef burger. But according to the podcast Skeptics with a K, that's actually very likely an urban legend about Henry Beecher doing that during World War Two. But he did go on to do a lot in the fields of placebo effects, so carry on. Okay. Well, in the 50s, Dr. Beecher worked at the Harvard Medical School and found the phenomenon worked with post-surgical wound pain, seasickness, headaches, coughs, anxiety, and nervous disorders. On average, the placebo effect leads to improvement in 30% of subjects who receive placebo, and that number is even higher for other conditions like depression, where it gets up to like 45%. And Hippocrates wrote in 400 BC that some patients, though conscious that their condition is perilous, recover their health simply through their contentment with the goodness of their physicians. So Jenny, if someone goes to a healer, even a healer who has turned blue and believes they're being healed, could they not actually be healed? Well, they could when it comes to pain and anxiety and things like that. Mm-hmm. I know that there are thought to be five key personality types and one is openness. And those people are particularly receptive to spiritual ideas. Okay, and what's the opposite personality trait to openness? Neuroticism. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's introduce Joe Nucci. He's a licensed psychotherapist in New York who's got a huge following on social media for his no-bullshit myth-busting videos. Uh, I love Joe. He's done videos like... Does narcissism predict believing in astrology um, and stuff about learning the difference between being impulsive and being intuitive, which I know I used to get modelled up quite a lot when I was younger. And he did one on the placebo effect that had the caption, what makes you a bigger fool, believing in crystals and astrology or not using the placebo effect to your advantage? Mm, Interesting. We started off simply by asking Joe if he believes in healing and healers. The thing about some of the more like woo-woo or spiritual stuff is there's mythology, I guess you could call it, around healers and supernatural healing cross culture through a lot of history. And so does this persist because we want to believe in something more or is there something we don't fully understand yet in the world of science and and measurement? I don't know. I would say that when it comes to things like Reiki, I am sometimes curious as to how different that is from what we call somatic therapy, which I'm a huge believer in. It's a therapy of the body. And so I usually facilitate that through a lot of breath and a lot of breathing. I wouldn't call myself a breathwork practitioner. All my training has been more clinical, but I've seen that have enormous benefit. And so, you know, to, to what extent is it overlapping with that and just kind of putting its own spin on it. And, you know, I I also say this to people when it comes to picking a therapist, 
you know, pick someone you're comfortable with, pick someone you like. And if the person is open to astrology and Reiki and that makes you respect them, well, you're probably going to be closer to them. You're probably going to open up more and therapy is probably going to work better. If you're like, absolutely not, then, you know, go find a, a standard CBT practitioner who doesn't even know what Reiki is. You know what I mean? I'm fairly evidence-based as a practitioner, but I'm also someone who is, well, I'm very open-minded. I score very high in trade openness. For me, you know, if, if holding that crystal is practical to you and it feels real, I'd be like, well, don't stop doing it. You know, I wouldn't, I mean, if it works, it works, right? Right. And does that apply to manifesting abundance by reading The Secret and asking of the universe? I think that when it comes to something like The Secret or manifesting or vision boarding, from a scientific perspective, I'm not totally clear on what is, how would I say it? What is the difference between any of those things and goal setting? Goal setting has been pretty well studied. If you don't have a target, you are definitely not going to hit it. And having goals that you value and feeling like you're taking steps towards those goals that you value, that's the experience of positive emotion. And if you engage in behaviors that bring you away from those goals that you value, you're going to experience negative emotion. Your mind is super powerful. Joe came up with a different example of the power of the mind. It's kind of where negative thinking and psychosomatic symptoms overlap in a Venn diagram with the placebo effect. It's maybe kind of a, um, a spicier topic, but I see it a lot in treating erectile dysfunction. Um, so much of erectile dysfunction is so psychological. And um, I, I was listening because I was doing... I was doing research on this because I was um, helping a patient with it. And some urologist uh, shared this joke where they said, you know, uh, a man is only as confident as his last direction. And so it's, you know, like one night of, um, you know, whiskey dong or whatever could really set someone up for months or years of, of, of a problem. You know what I mean? When it's really, it's, it's, it could potentially be all be in the mind. Self-fulfilling prophecies are super common in therapy. On one hand, you want to help people validate and express their negative and unpleasant emotions. But on the other hand, that becomes self-fulfilling. Joe doesn't reckon there's a stigma against people who believe in things like healing and angels and manifesting, at least not where he lives in New York. But also, times and beliefs are ever-changing. The interesting thing is that in 2018, when I told people I'm going to go get my clinical hypnotism training, that was considered a little like woo-woo, you know what I mean? And it's five years later, is that, am I doing that math right? Like five, six years later, like Andrew Huberman is making episodes about the efficacy of clinical hypnotism. And I, I feel confident in saying that there's probably some association between being very high in trait openness and being hypnotized. Because if you think about it, what are you really doing when someone's hypnotized? You're giving someone else pretty profound control. And you have to be a little bit open to new experiences, to want to do that, to enjoy doing that, at least the novelty of it. And that talk of hypnosis brings us back to something we mentioned earlier, which is the big five personality types. Apparently I'm very hypnotizable. I got my clinical hypnotism certification. The facilitator, the instructor, was so effective with people. It's called like inducing a trance. And I was induced. I remember being like, oh my gosh, have people been like manipulating me my whole life? I kind of felt very self-conscious and vulnerable. You know what I mean? Because I was like, what is, what is that all about? And I remember the uh, instructor said something so interesting. She said, oh no, no, you're talented. I didn't understand it until years later. But what I think she meant was that there were other people who really wanted to be hypnotized. Um, and they 
some of them were able to get there. They were able to kind of let go and and practice getting themselves into that um, headspace, if you will. I do think there's probably a downside to it, and that's probably because if it is associated with trade openness, well, there's a reason half the population isn't that open. You know, there's probably an evolutionary adaptive reason for that. So we also know that people with extreme openness, so we might say like, you know, the 99.999 percentile, I believe there is writing out there to suggest that there's an association with an unstable identity. I mean, think about it. If you're that open to new experiences, there is such a thing as too much freedom, I think, you know, in terms of where you'll let your mind go and the things you're willing to explore. History actually isn't always super kind to science in terms of science used to dismiss things like meditation or hypnotism or these modalities that some of them are just like par for the course nowadays. Many of my more scientifically minded friends will actually bring up the placebo effect when the conversations do come up and they'll go, yeah, I don't believe in any of that, you know, horse shit, but I do believe in the placebo effect. So like, way to go. Like, I wish I could believe. <laughs> Frank, I haven't actually asked you at any point because I've been so centered on my own healing journey. I know. Spiritual narcissist. A title spiritual narcissist. <sighs> have you had any experiences with healing? I have. My sister went to a healer and it was a healer that you didn't pay for. You just had to bring a present or some description. And she said she had the most profound, interesting experiences. And she only sees people that are recommended through someone else. And, and I said, oh, you've got to recommend me. Oh, the exclusivity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She got you. And then I said, I said, what? And she said, I saw colors. I kind of like, you know, it sounded like a psychedelic experience. I said, well, what happens when you get there? And she said, well, you get a cup of tea. And I go, well, that's it. She's putting psilocybin in your tea. And so I went there and it was this little old lady in Fairfield in an apartment, not what you'd expect. And she opened the door and I did weirdly feel she put her arms out to give me a big hug and I just melted into her arms. Like I really did feel, I went, oh my God, this woman just has something. I felt like that when we had Ray Moon on in our ASMR episode and we, mm. we interviewed her by Zoom and my stomach just went all soft and gooey. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know what, I did, I had a weird effect I don't, and that that was a bit shocking. I didn't understand why. But anyway, she... um she has a quick chat and I gave her a book and then she said would you like a cup of tea and I went definitely having the cup of tea <laughs> but uh, people won't really understand this I've never drunk tea in my whole life um, and she gave me a cup of tea and I just straight away drank this really hot drink and burnt my mouth I was like fuck can you heal this <laughs> <laughs> and so the experience was because you didn't know how to drink tea I fuck, I'd never drunk tea before in my life I didn't realise you had to cool down and then she just lay you down on a couch and she just kind of talked to you and said these words and I didn't really feel anything. And then she said she had to release water from the back of my eyes and she put her fingers in my eyes Holy shit. and it felt like she was trying to pull my eyeball out. And of course your eyes do water when someone's got their fingers in your eye. And she's, genius. Going, she's, and she's genius. going, yes, yes, she's a genius. And I've released a lot of fluid, fluid retention in the back of your eyes. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> But you know what? She, you know, I, uh, yeah, I felt okay. I felt good. You felt okay. I mean, I just, I, the whole experience was just, well, I felt good. The novelty factor, like the idea of yeah. going somewhere to do something for yourself and you're excited. Yeah. It's gonna... I mean, I was, I was quite cynical, but with that hug, she kind of busted me down straight away. And I was, I was kind of in there for a while until not much happened. But you didn't want to go back? No. Hmm. 
See, I think, you know, I think there is something to be said for healing, even if I don't believe people who are purporting to have mystical powers or powers from angels and whatnot. Because the very fact that you're going somewhere to have this really personal, intimate moment with someone, you don't have your phone, you don't have any distractions, they're being very kind and careful with you. That's all healing in the most basic sense of the word. Hmm. And it's something you're doing for yourself too. Yeah, I mean, even going getting a bad massage is incredible. <laughs> you're lying down, you've committed yourself, you're relaxed, you're in for an hour, just, and even if it's not that good, it's still great. And you give me massages where I go off into another realm with the pixies. How often do you get these massages? I would say every other day. Wow. For the last two and a half years. Wow. Imagine if I yeah. charged you for those. Um, and I, I'm coming around a little bit to all this stuff. So I, I was listening to a Louis Theroux interview with Nick Cave... And they talked about faith. Also, you'll listen to Nick Cave, but not a light worker working out of Bali. <laughs> yeah, fair. And Nick said, it provides something that, in my view, the secular world loses out on in some way, living within the tyranny of what is rational. I find that there are intimations within the world that exist somewhere between what is rational and what is woo-woo that are worth investigating. Feelings softly spoken, whispered hunches about things that exist somewhere within there that feel very real to me. They're not provable, but they have a spiritual dimension. They're extraordinarily helpful to you if you're going through difficult things. Hmm. Even like what they call the flow, especially in sport, and it happens in acting as well. And you're in a completely different world. I guess when you are unconscious and you can go to another area and someone can take you to that area, then you know they may not have aliens helping them and stuff, but they've taken you somewhere. Yeah, I think, you know, when we go and see a healer, we, we're making a sort of unspoken pact with them, aren't, aren't we? That we're going to both go into that kind of flow state together. Mm. And so I think that's a very real thing. I just wish they wouldn't attach fucking angel numbers and, you know. Yeah, but having said that, how many people ask for that guy's number after he took all those aliens out of your stomach? Yeah, well, that's my pelvic bowl. But yeah. There's yeah. a market. There is definitely a market. Unfortunately, my uh, light language course, though, taught me that you have to quieten the ego to really hear the soul. And I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen either. Uh. <laughs> well, we talk, about, we talk about the flow state. We talk about the commitment of doing something. Um, we talk about the placebo effect. Is that in a relationship as well sometimes? Like you say you're going to be, you're with someone, you're in love with someone. Do you mean that you're not in love with me and this has just been a placebo? It's been my no, I'm imagination. To, I'm totally in love with you and I'm totally committed. And, um, what are you saying, Frank? I'm saying it helps with the flow and the placebo. <laughs> what the fuck are you <laughs> on about? <laughs> I was trying to go somewhere. Come on, finish this riff. <laughs> no, it's, I, think, I think people can stay in bad relationships because they have made a commitment and sometimes they, the placebo of being in a relationship and being comfortable. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> <laughs> this is, and this is a conclusion. You so if you're me? in a bad relationship, I love you, sweetie. I love you. It's not placebo. But if you're in a bad relationship, have a look at maybe this is you're using it as a placebo effect. Go and see a healer. Go see a healer. A light work healer. Jenny's charging twenty nine ninety nine. <laughs> A half hour sessions. Chinese <laughs> one customer to get her money back, and I'm not doing it.
You've been listening to Spirit Levels, a weekly show with Jenny Valentich and Frank McGree. Subscribe to hear our show every Tuesday and we'd love to see you on Instagram. We're Spirit Levels Podcast. And TikTok, where we're Spirit Levels. See you next week.